everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be talking about Warner Bros. Discovery, which is a new spinoff between AT&T and Discovery. Today they started trading. Let's go through their discounted free cash flow model and see what their true value is worth according to my model. All right, jumping into Warner Bros. Discovery's discounted free cash flow model. Let's go over the inputs and some of the assumptions we made for Discovery and Warner Media. Now I did break this out between Discovery and Warner Media to combine them into Warner Bros. Discovery because we kind of need to start off with what they were doing before to kind of combine them because again, we don't have an earnings release to go off of and there's some things that we need to go over. I'm gonna show, share some assumptions that have been made that aren't necessarily out there and readily available. And so um, I would use those with things with caution, but I am fairly confident on the numbers. I just wanted to, I will point those things out. For example, shares outstanding and net debt are not, um, I would say 100% accurate, but they're as close as I could with the public information that I had. So first off, going into the growth rates for Discovery and Warner Media, I have I feel like keep the kept those fairly conservative based off of where they're projected or where they were projected in terms of relative to what they were being guided at for um, prior to the spinoff. So if we keep their cash flows consistent, or sorry, if we grow their revenue consistently prior to what they were, like separately, so Discovery continues to grow at 8%, 6% um, over the next five years, they could grow their revenue up to 16 billion. And if Warner Media by itself, that um, AT&T was guiding for about 6% growth this kind of sort of year, this, this coming year in 2022, then that would give them, um, you know, and, and dropping that off to 5% over the next five years, we'll grow them out to $46 billion with a combined revenue of $62.8 billion. Now, EBITDA wise, that combines, I did the very same, same exact stuff, but um, with their EBITDA and free cash flow, that brings their EBITDA to 15.15 billion and their total free cash flow um, over the next few years to $10.7 billion. Now, um, those are some important factors. Obviously, the, the free cash flow is based heavily on this DCF of 20, calculation of 28. Um, other uh, good assumptions here to, to note are the uh, discount rate. We use 10%. You could use something higher, and that's going to give you a lower DCF here. You could use something lower, and that'll also give you a higher. But I think 10 is a very um, medium uh, medium road for for the for it. I think debt will be a little bit. Um, I think relatively raising capital will be a little bit more expensive for Warner Bros. Discovery than it previously was for AT&T by itself, where Warner Media was, um, but comparatively for Discovery, it'd probably be a little bit relatively cheaper um, for them. So it just depends on which side you're coming from, whether or not um, debt is more is cheaper. Obviously across the board now, debt is getting more expensive, so this discount rate you could argue should be around 12%, 12 and a half maybe. If you like this type of content and want to see more, please consider subscribing. Also hit that like button. It tells me I'm doing a good job. Now back to your content. Now, one thing, other thing is uh, long-term growth rate. I have that 3%. I think that is a conservative amount. If you do raise this, obviously it's going to increase your uh, DCF calculation here. So currently I do have them at $20.85. Other things that you should note is that they do have a net debt of 60 um, relative to this, what I'm calculating is about 60 billion. Now, where did I get that? Discovery had about 3.5 billion of long-term debt prior to the merger. Long-term debt I'm calculating from the merger 
about $43 billion from the acquisition. I mean, it's not really an acquisition spinoff and merger. Um, and then another part of that debt coming from AT&T was about another $20 billion is what I'm calculating. I could be off on that. We do know that they are paying about $43 billion for it, but Warner Media is coming across also with debt. So that is what I'm, that is kind of how I'm adjusting for that. So that does play a big factor on, it does play a pretty big role, how much debt they have on their books. Um, uh, you know, cause you subtract that out from your enterprise value and then you divide that by shares outstanding. So that brings me over to shares outstanding for Warner Bros. Discovery. So going through the only article I could find that had it was for the current shares outstanding, um, AT&T shareholders on the total were being issued 1.7 billion shares. Um, we know that AT&T shareholders were getting 71% of the company. So doing some math, obviously you can get the total number of shares outstanding. And I got that to 200, uh, $2.394 billion. Or, billion shares outstanding. So that means the DISCA shareholders would have 694 million. Now, um, so those are the inputs I think that really are important from the DCF perspective. From an EBITDA multiple perspective, uh, we're looking at 12 is kind of what I have them at and that puts them at a value of $19.67. Now, I do wanna just call out here that the free cash flow for Warner um, before the merger was about $6 billion a year. Free cash flow, oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting a little distracted here. Uh, EBITDA for Warner before was six, uh, 7.895. You will note that um, if you're doing an EBITDA multiple for how much um, uh, Dis Discovery is basically paying for it in the spinoff, it's uh, roughly like five, five times. And so, because you get about 43 divided by eight, you get about five times, a little more than five times um, EBITDA is what they paid for it. So um, again, you got to remember that they are also bringing on that debt. So let's say you offload another um, 20 billion from that, it, it, it lowers it even further. So just think about that in terms of how much they pay for it. I think from a, it just seems really cheap from an EBITDA multiple perspective. So just keep that in mind that they did really you know, they only paid like about five times, um, five times EBITDA on on getting Warner Media Discovery, sorry, Warner Media um, from AT&T. And so, um, yeah, it just seems really cheap. Um, and so the EBITDA multiple 12 based off of that is pretty high. So you could argue either way. However, just based off of this recent deal, the one that they were a part of, 12 would be high in my opinion. So you could lower that to 10. And that also, you know, that lowers that quite considerably to 12. Um, again, the big thing here that's changing this is um, this present value is $107 billion. And then you have to subtract your net debt. And so that only gives you like enterprise value of about $40 billion divided by the shares outstanding. And that gives you your EBITDA multiple value for sure. I got some other things in here at the bottom, you know, how many shares are outstanding um, and my assumptions on the net debt. Um, but that's about it for today. Let me know what you think down below of this analysis of Warner Bros. Discovery. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. Do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis, such as this one. If you like this type of content, again, please consider subscribing. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Frank, Frank Finance. Out.